0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle Podcast. I'm your host Chris Loader, and I am joined this week by Katie Midwinter as we'll be previewing the Dublin Racing Festival, looking at all the big races as well as doing a roundup across the UK, some decent racing uh, like Sandown, Weatherby, um, muscle, bro. But before we get into that, uh, let's uh, jump across to Katie first. See how she is, uh, Katie. Uh, you gave me a nice seven to one winner last weekend with your boy uh, Maximilian winning the Grade Two there at Doncaster. Um, how did you feel about his win? Yeah,
1: it was incredible. Um, I thought he had no chance in the in the early parts of the race but i think he's a horse that just races just behind the bridle and brian hughes gave him a, a great ride sneaked him into the race and yeah he was fantastic uh, i think he's a really strong stayer um and he did so well in the closing stages to just get his head in front i was really proud of him he's uh, he's such a dude isn't he and uh, hopefully big things are ahead for him uh, he might be going to aintree So that's exciting, and I'm really looking forward to what the future might hold for him.
0: Yeah, he's a horse that uh, I've always um, been very interested in. He just looks like an out-and-out. I was actually at Cheltenham last Saturday uh, watching it uh on one of the screens um by the tote kiosk um just going absolutely mad shouting him home i didn't think he was going to win but he just kept on staying didn't he and yeah, uh, in the end i thought he's quite a cozy winner but yeah, like you say he's such a dude and it would be interesting to see uh where he goes next hopefully uh it could be aintree anyway enough on maximilian you want to know our thoughts on the Dublin Racing Festival and that's where we're going to head to now we're going to go to the first race On the card there, which is the 120. at Leopardstown it is a Grade one it is the Nathaniel Lacey and partners solicitors uh, 50,000 Chapman bonus for stable stars novices hurdle and goodland is your favorite at 11 to 4 we've then got Quay de Parry being backed in from 11 to 2 probably because Paul Townend is uh, booked for the ride we've then got Nigel Tristan Davis sending a rare runner to Ireland with all but be- we've all been caught we've then got Sandor Cladana at sixes American Mike at 13 to 2 uh, Grange Cloud West at sevens, bigger are the rest. Katie, uh, Goodland is uh, the favourite here. Uh, he opened up uh, round about a nine to four. I so see he's been a little bit weak in the bet and eased out to 11 to four. Do you think he's the one they've all got to beat?
1: Well, I wouldn't be surprised to see him win. Uh, he was very impressive when winning his maiden here over Christmas. It was quite unlucky to have unseated his rider prior to that. So I'd say he's got a favourite chance. Uh, I wouldn't be wanting to put anyone off him. But I do think it's quite an open field. Um, It's a tricky little race. We were speaking before, Chris, about the horse that I'm actually going to put up. He's clearly had his issues in Grange Clare West. He was very disappointing at Nace when sent off a 15-8 favourite. But I just think he could be suited to further. And maybe the omitted hurdles at Nace didn't help his cause at all. I'm hoping he'll be better this time around. He has shown a lot of talent previously. So hopefully he, he can get into a good rhythm. Danny Mellon's on board and then put in a more threatening performance this time. American Mike, he has a, got a big reputation to live up to. I think he's a horse worth keeping an eye on. I think he could be better in the future. Um, Cade de Paris, as you mentioned, is he's interesting. He has received a bit of market support, as you said, probably because Paul Townend is, has opted to ride him. He could be one to watch. Um, but for me, I'm going to keep an eye on both Range Play West and, and American Mike, see how they get on and just side with Range Play West. But as I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see Goodland win.
0: Yeah, I'm much of that opinion. I think Goodland is the one. They've all got to be... I personally couldn't have Grange Clare West. I was just a little bit worried about um, the reports afterwards that he was uh, coughing and, and struggling uh, with his wind. So that would be a slightly concern for me. And the fact that Danny Mullins as well is booked up instead of Paul Townend, that would be a bit of a concern. American Mike is a horse. That uh, I've had high hopes for this season over hurdles. He still is lightly raced, but I was very disappointed within the last day, and I think he needs to take a massive step in, uh, step forward. The one that I think uh, could serve it up to the favourite is uh, uh, the British Raider. We've all been caught. I know Izzy is a massive fan of this horse. Unfortunately, she can't be with us tonight. She's not feeling that great, but uh, fingers crossed, she feels. A little bit better soon. But yeah, we've all been caught. I'll make the case for him. Uh, I thought he was uh, very eye-catching when he finished third behind Hermes Allen. Um, We've seen that form come to good effect as he went on to win uh, the Challow Hermes Allen. We then uh, saw uh, we've all been caught then progress from that run at Cheltenham again next time out, beating Rock My Way who was a winning selection for Katie last weekend. So the form has been franked. It's interesting they're coming here. The yard have been going well of late. They've been amongst the winners this week i think he's really interested and i think he is slightly overpriced around eleven two. If i think if i was pricing him up i would probably have him around about the 72 10 free kind of mark i think he is the the biggest threat to uh to uh to good land and i would probably even be tempted to even have maybe a reverse forecast on the pair of them i think it is between those two and yeah i think it's definitely an intriguing race to uh kick off proceeding so that's our thoughts then on the Nathaniel Lacey, we now move on to the 155. It's the Donahue Marquis Spring Juvenile Hurdle Grade One contest, um, and Lousy Mouth is your favourite here. Currently, as uh, short as uh, four to eleven in places, odds-on favourite. We've then got Mullins at it again with uh, the next three in the betting. Gallo Masseur at five to one, Gust of Win at 14s, Takao at 14s, Ascending 25s, uh, Sincer 40s, and bigger are the rest. Uh, Lousy Mouth. I'm sure there's going to be a banker in the Acres for quite a few Panthers over the weekend. Katie, do we think she's going to get the job done here?
1: She's got obvious claims, hasn't she? Um, You know, she is the likeliest winner and she's going to be hard to beat um, on the form that she has shown. It's a race dominated by Willie Mellons, isn't it? It would be nice to see more entries from different trainers. Uh, Even though Lossie Mouth and her stable mates have all got you know, decent chances. I do think there's a bit of value in here from an each-way perspective. There's a lot of unknown horses here, all very inexperienced, and I think capable of showing lots of improvement. I'm going to take a chance uh, on that it won't be a Mullins one, two, three, And I'm hoping that Henry de Bromhead can have a slice of the prize money here with Ascending, who was formerly with five, five uh, cucks on the flat easy for me to say but yeah he was beaten on her debut by Takao who was probably quite a comfortable winner in the end despite there only being half the length between the pair I think Takao is probably a decent each race out in this too but I just think that sending could be a little bit better this time out having been so used to running on the flat um, he was actually a close second beaten a neck by Perseus Way at Newbury in September in a class four handicap over a mile two. I think Perseus Way is quite promising juvenile already placed in two grade twos was third to comfort zone and Dixon Cove at Chepstow that form has worked out well so perhaps ascending could follow suit and be competitive in in these types of races around 25 to 1 bit of a long shot there but um, yeah maybe Willie Mullins won't have it all his own way
0: Okay, then. Katie thinks Ascending might be able to serve it up to uh to the Willie Mullins battalions and maybe uh give him something to uh, think about. The horse that I think is quite interesting here is another Willie Mullins horse. Surprise, surprise. That is Cinsa. Brian Hayes but in the Sullivan Bloodstock colours. I just thought it was interesting that this one's actually found their way across to uh Willie Mullins' yard. She actually finished fourth um in the race that uh Lossy mouth won back in uh April at uh Ortoy. Uh, like i like to say 40 to 1. Who knows what she's capable of on her debut uh, here for Willie Mullins' first time out. um, Yeah, I think she's interesting. She gets Philly's allowance. She might be able to run a big race. Who knows what kind of races could be on her agenda. Maybe something like the Boodles. Maybe she needs a couple of more runs to qualify. But she's definitely a horse I would uh, keep an eye on and maybe one to put maybe in the tracker uh, next time out. So that's censor for me. But I do think Lozzy Mouth is the most likely winner. We're now moving on to the 230. Uh, where I think this is probably the most interesting race we're going to see at the Dublin Racing Festival and could be very informative on the Arkle market. It's the 230, it's the Goths Irish Arkle Novices Chase and appreciate it as your favourite at 7 to 4. We've then got Dice the Dynamo at uh, 11 to 4, El Fabiolo at 13 to 2, Bambridge at 15 to 2, St. Roy. At a 12 to 1, Field Door at 14s, Flame Bear at 20s, and Visionarian is the outsider at 40 to 1. Uh, Katie, as I said uh, in the intro to this race, I think it's probably one of the more interesting races on the card. I thought it was quite tricky to uh, work it out, Um, but uh, who are you going to be siding with?
1: Yeah, I think it's a really deep race. I'm looking forward to, to seeing this one. I was between two horses, actually, uh, Appreciate It and El Fabiolo. I can't trust Dice at Dynamo, as he can be a bit keen. Um, we've seen Banbridge is a horse that I, I really like, but I think the sounder surface would probably be more to his liking, and I think this is going to be a, a tough field to, to get ahead of. El Fabiolo, El, El Fabiolo is more tempting at the prices, he did make a couple of mistakes uh, on his chase debut, and I just think he could get found out if he does that here. Um, you wouldn't want to be losing ground at fences um, in this field, and that's raised me towards appreciate it. Now, what I like about him on debut is he got into a battle with Top Bandit in the closing stages at Uh He didn't; he wasn't asked too much um, there, but he did quicken with great effect to get away from Top Bandit, and he, he put the race to bed. Uh, I think he's got a little bit more experience and that could see him through here. So I'd be wanting to side with him. But I will say with El Fabiolo, he finished a distance ahead of Colonel Mustard last time. Although it was over fences, it's worth remembering that Colonel Mustard was a really decent novice hurdler. He placed in two grade ones at this festival and at Cheltenham last year. It might not be as suited to chase him, but he does does have a decent engine. So El Fabiolo is definitely the each-way angle for me. But I think that Appreciate It will be um, the winner.
0: Hmm, Interesting thoughts there from Katie. Quite keen to side with your favourite Appreciate It. I actually didn't really like the top end of the market here. I thought the betting was a little bit wrong. Appreciate It is a horse I've never particularly warmed to. I've just been a little bit concerned about his jumping. I've seen him make a couple of errors and. I just think he's nine years old, and I, I want to be going with some lung, younger legs here. I really like Banbridge. I know Katie did maybe have a few reservations over the ground, but it's yielding soft, which is basically good to soft over here uh, in, in the UK. I, I think it'll probably be drying out. Often rides a little bit quicker at Epsom. I think the ground would be no problem for him. And I just think with the amount of pace in here, uh, dysart uh El Fabiolo, uh, a couple of others in here, I'd like to get on with things and go forward. It could just turn into a stamina set. Over the trip, and we know that Bambridge stays a little bit further. I thought it was a good run last time out behind uh, Mike Potter in the Dremel. I think that's pretty decent form. I think he is slightly overpriced here. The other one as well that I thought could maybe outrun their odds was uh, Saint Ra. I thought it was a hell of a good run last time out when he beat Visionaire, and he's a Grade One winner, and he's twelve to one. Um, you could argue that that's better than the form that appreciate has got over fences. I just couldn't see why he was such. Uh, A a big price, you know, and he's probably going to be ridden patiently. So I do think those that maybe buy their time, it could be suited for him, especially that pace jewel up front. I think Dice at Dynamo probably will get, uh, get, uh, get to the lead. But like UK, I'm just against him. I just think he's too enthusiastic for his own good and uh, I think he probably will get found out, and um, I'm quite keen to oppose him. So, yeah, definitely going to be a fascinating race, uh, covering a couple of different angles there, but, yeah, I think uh, it's it's a bit more wide open than the betting suggests. So, I'm going to side with Bambridge and St. Roy, and uh, Katie is going to go for Appreciate It. We now move on to uh, the feature race on the first day of the Dublin Racing Festivals. So 305 is the Paddy Power Irish Girl Cup, grade one, over three miles. And Gallopin Deschamps is your favourite at one to three. We've then got Statler at five to one. We then got the old boys, Kenboy at 14, Fury, at, uh, Fury Road at 25s, any second now at 33s, Big Dog at f- uh, 40s, and uh, Franco de Port is the outsider at 50 to one. Uh, Gallopin, all eyes are going to be on him, Katie, here. Uh, he probably uh has his final run before he heads to the Cheltenham Gold Cup. He's one to three. Do we think anything's gonna stop him?
1: No, I can oppose galloping champs in this field. I would have liked to see completed lineup, but it's likely that he's going to go straight to Cheltenham. I'm not the biggest fan of Stapper. Uh, and although it, it'd be nice to see Ken Boy get his head back in front after four second-place finishes, he's getting older while Scallopin is young and improving. Any second now on the big dog, quite interesting entries, I thought. But to me, they're out-and-out out stayers. And they're definitely ones to be keeping on side for the big stamina tests at the end of the season. But they may be you know, going to struggle to go with them here over three miles. So, yeah, I'm going to keep it simple and I'm sticking with uh, Gallopin Deschamps to make this a uh, yeah good preparation ahead of his uh, Cheltenham Gold Cup attempt in March.
0: Yeah, I think you're you're right. Gallopin, I think, will get the job done. Stadler, I think, could be interesting if the ground does dry out a little bit. I don't think he likes it too deep. I don't think it was a bad run last time out at a Tremor in the Savills chase. Uh, I just think uh, he does have a little bit to find problem is not a third of days and away from that I don't think you got too much running for you if there was to be a surprise there a horse that I feel that could maybe upset the apple cart but a lot of things would have to go wrong is uh, the outsider of the field Franco de Port. I should put him up on my youtube channel um last time out I and mean, he was actually uh staying on quite strongly in the in the closing stages there uh in the Sambles chase there at um Alep over christmas uh, he was only beaten six and a bit lengths by a conflated but if you go back and watch the replay, he was running on really strongly. At the time, I think he's a horse that's probably gonna end up in the Grand National, but um, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. But if uh, Gallopin was to flop, I think he could potentially uh, maybe pick up the pieces. We've seen some big uh, price horses win this race over the last few years. Uh, we had Conflated last year win this race at a big price. We had Ed Wolf as well a few years ago, back in 2018. I think he was 33 to one when we when we saw him win it. So this race has been known for a few upsets. So over the years and yeah if Gallupin wasn't um living up to his reputation then uh, Franco de Port 50 to 1 I think I've seen worse uh, uh worse outside bets there so yeah that, that's my thoughts on the race but I do think Gallupin is probably your most likely winner but I probably would not side with him at the uh, challenge Festival so that's our thoughts then on the main races for day one at Leopardstown Katie before we move on to day two is there anything else you would like to add
1: in the 3.40 on Saturday, one of my favourite horses in training is back on track, the Little Yank. He is around 66 to 1, perhaps one just to keep an eye on, but uh, he often runs a good race and outruns uh, his odds. This time last year, he finished third twice um, at odds of 150 to 1 and 80 to 1, respectively. He might have needed the run last time out. Uh, it was his first ra- race after a heavy fall. Um, when he ran uh, at uh, the Stowell in uh, September. But uh, yeah, it looks a competitive race, competitive handicap, but uh, he's a horse that always gives his all. And so I'll be cheering him on.
0: Okay, an old favourite there from KC. Uh, I've also got one at Leopard town on Saturday just to uh, watch out for. In the last race, the bumper, uh, facile mode, I think he's really interesting. Um, I know quite a few shrewd connections We're on him uh, the last day for Thomas Mullins. He was backed off the boards. He was available at a bigger price at 80 to 1. I know my friend, uh, Mark Krosky, who unfortunately couldn't join us, um, actually put him up on his uh, tipping service. And if you want to get in touch, uh, give him an email at info at bettermark.com about his tipping service. Yeah, he actually put him up at... Eighty to one that day he gave me uh, the advice, but unfortunately I, I didn't get on until uh, he was eighteen to one. But he still was able to uh, hose up, and I think he's a horse that uh, could be on the up and could be maybe still a, a live danger in the Champion Bumper. But um, that's a race I still think we we get to uh, really see unfold uh, come the Cheltenham Festival. But I think he could be a, a, an interesting horse to maybe enter the fray. So that's our thoughts then. On uh, day one at Leopardstown, we're now moving on to Sunday where we've got some more Grade One action to cover at uh, the Dublin Racing Festival. And the first race we're going to look at on Sunday is the 140, it's the Labrooks novices chase grade one contest over two and a half miles should point out that we don't have the declarations at this stage so we might get some runners that become non-runners because they didn't actually make the final field but we'll try and uh, muddle through mighty potter is your favourite at the time record at 13 to 8 we've then got James, James de Berlay at uh, 7 to 2 Gallardo de at 5 Jerry Collum who is meant to be running at Sandown at 11 to 2 Al Fabiolo runs on Saturday uh, he's 8 to 1 Jenny with me at 8 um being at the rest. Mighty Potter uh, seems to be quite a solid favourite here, KT. Um, he's been going well over fences. Do we think he's going to add another uh, victory here to his name?
1: Well, he has been going well, and I think he's going to be competitive in this race. But the one that I like is Gaia de Manil. I think the step-up in trip and the fact that he'll be fitter now could allow him to be able to reverse form with Mighty Potter Uh, That was his first run since the Irish Grand National when he ran at Fairy House in December. And I thought he did quite well to finish second behind uh, Mighty Potter, who did have the speed on him in the running. But I'm hoping that Gaia de Manil will be sharper this time around. He's a really strong stayer. And I think, what is he around them? To two, five to one. Could be a a decent price. I'd imagine he'd be shorter if he does line it up on the day.
0: Okay, so Katie likes... Gala de Menil for uh, Willie Mullins. I actually like another Willie Mullins horse, surprise, surprise. But that is James de Burleigh. Uh, he's currently available at 7 2 in the colours of Simon Munir and Isaac Swade. Really, really interesting horse, this one. Um, had a good reputation when he was trained. Over in France by uh, Robert Collier, um, moved over. Made his British debut in the Champion Hurdle behind Hanny Circle. He was well stuffed that day, but he was quite well fancied in the market. He was he was fourteen to one, so there was definitely a bit of money around for him. He then actually ran behind Classical Dream at Town in a Grade One there, um, and then we didn't see him for a couple of years until he made a winning return at uh, fairy house on new year's day host up there it was a really impressive display of jumping concern could be the bounce factor but he's still a very young horse he's only a seven year old looks very exciting and um he is definitely a horse that i think could be going places this season at the spring festivals, and he's like I say, one to maybe keep an eye on. So that's our thoughts then on the 140 at left time on Sunday. Moving on to the next race, it's the 210, it's the Ladbrokes Dublin Chase, another grade one. Blue Lord is your favorite at one to three. Gentleman Demise next in the six to one. So Royal eights, Dunvegan at 16s, Fast or Slur at 50s, and bigger are the rest. Um, if uh, they all stand their ground, it's only a five runner race, Katie, but whatever happens, we're we'll definitely going to get a small field blue lords um he's done nothing wrong this season um do you think he's going to uh, take all the beating here
1: yeah i think he will he's definitely the like this winner and you know if everything goes his way during the race it should be fairly straightforward for him um i'd love to keep the faith in gentleman to me he's a horse that i like and he showed such promise as a novice but I'm really struggling to make excuses for him this season. I think he might be best watched for now. The angle I would take in it is probably backing one of the outsiders each way to run behind Blue Lord. And the one that I like is Dunvegan. He's rated 158, the same as Gentleman Under Me. They're quite closely matched on recent form, but I think he represents value in comparison with Gentleman Under Me. So around 16 to 1, I think a tiny bit each way is going to be my interest uh, in the race if they all do line
0: up. Okay, so maybe Vegan could outrun his odds for Katie. I think Blue Lord is an absolute good thing here. He's a horse. I'm quite keen to back wherever he goes uh, at Cheltenham. I'm hoping he's going to go for the champion chase i think he's a horse that's really improved since going over fences he had plenty of good form last year to his name including a decent run in the Arkle behind edward stone we've seen the Arkle form come to fruition on quite a few occasions over the years at cheltenham and for me i think he's a very solid contender for one of the big championship races at the cheltenham festival so we now move on to the next race we're going to look at which is the three ten 10 Leopardstown, uh, the feature race of Sunday. So Chanel, Farmer, uh, Irish champion Hurdle, and uh, State Manager favourite at 5-4. We've then got Honeysuckle at 15-8. Warband, fancied by many people to progress from his latest run at 10-3. Pied Piper then is at 40-1. Zanahir dropping back down and trip at 66. And Takarengo the outsider, at 250-1. Um, Katie, this looks like a three-horse race on paper. William Mullins has got two of them. Henry De Bromhead has got Honeysuckle. Do we think Honeysuckle's going to bounce back to form here?
1: I really hope so. I really do. I think it's an intriguing race. The fact that Zanna here is sixty-six to one, although he's not been at his best in his last few runs, he has placed in multiple Grade Ones. He's a two-time Grade Two winner. It's a very good horse. Hyde for 40 to 1. Another horse I think is high quality, really unlucky not to be a grade 1 winner. Um, you know, the fact that the Gordon Elliott pair, as big as they are on the market, it just shows the quality of the top three. And as you say, I do think they'll battle it out between them. I would expect Boban to improve for his last run, possibly enough to trouble his stablemate, Statement. But I have to stick with the queen of the national hunt discipline and that's honeysuckle. I would just love to see her beat the boys here and prove all of her critics wrong. I'd love it for Henry de Bromad, for Rachel Blackmore, and of course for honeysuckle herself. She deserves so much more credit than she often gets. She's won this race twice. She's a dual Cheltenham champion hurdle winner. And she is the best in this division until proven otherwise. And I just could never be against
0: her here so I'm all for honeysuckle okay strong words then from Katie on honeysuckle I know if Izzy had joined us tonight she was going to definitely be siding with honeysuckle one of her favorite horses in training as much as I got a lot of respect for honeysuckle I just wonder if age is catching up with her now I know she's uh, uh, she's nine but I just got a A thing about mares when they get older I just wonder if they start to go off the boil I think Apples Jade could be a classic example of a very good mare, not nearly as good as Honeysuckle but she was a very good horse in her own right and as she got older in the final season of her career she just started to go downhill it wasn't a bad run in the Hatton's Grace once you finished fur behind Tiupu. We've obviously seen that form been boosted when he took the Gourmmy uh, at uh part Park the other week. But for me, I just think State Man is improving leaps and bounds. He's taken uh, um taken turtles very, very well. He's yet to be defeated. He's £2 higher on ratings. I know you, you don't have to give £7 away, but I just think he's very versatile tactically, and that's the thing about this race, is how it's going to go tactically. I think it's going to be really interesting to see who makes the running. Honeysuckle could potentially go forward. She's often ridden handy. Um, Stateman as well was ridden handy last time out. Vorban, I think, will probably be ridden cold to so maybe pick up the pieces. I think he is potentially the danger, but for me, I think Stateman ticks all the boxes, he's a horse on the upward curve, and I think he'll give Willie Mullins another victory in the Irish Champion hurdle. So state man for me. And uh, Katie's keeping the faith with Honey Suckle. We now move on to the last main race we're going to preview at Leopardstown. It's the 340. It's the Tattersalls Island Novices Hurdle, a grade one contest. And Faisal Vega is your favourite two to five. We've then got Gaelic Warrior at seven to one. Uh, he could be going for other races on the card, so maybe hold your bets there. High definition, intriguing contender. Once favoured for the Derby, then at fifteen to two made a winning return uh, over hurdles uh, last time out over this course and distance. Dark Raven I think is very interesting at ten to one. We've then got the Thompson also at tens in the pocket at tens. And bigger are the rest. facile Vega, all eyes will be on him. Um obviously the son of Quavega, William Allen's a star mayor, yet to be defeated, has a big reputation. Do we think he's gonna get another win on the board here? Or do you think there's maybe a few dangers lurking in here, Katie?
1: I think there could be some dangers. Basil Vega, he hasn't done anything wrong really, but he's not a horse that I've run to that much. And so I have been looking elsewhere. I think it's a tough race to get a handle on before the final declarations are out. Uh, Gaelic Warrior has an entry in the handicap that follows this race, and he's currently much shorter in the betting for that. Um, Whether or not that means he won't feature here, who knows? I'd hope Irish Point would swerve this. Uh, He did have an early entry for the two mile six on Saturday. And uh, that could have been more suited to him. I'm really keen on him for the Ballymore. So I'm hoping he doesn't drop back in trip here uh, in a prep run for the Supreme. And I don't think you'd expect American Mike to be running here either. So on that basis, I'd be taking a chance on in the pocket for Henry de at 10 to 1. Um, currently, I think he's a decent each race shout And high definition for Joseph O'Brien. I think they'd be the two that I'd be keeping an eye on in this race.
0: Okay, uh, some interesting thoughts there from... Oh, okay, some interesting thoughts there from Katie, who's quite keen to oppose Fassel Vega. I'm in the same camp. I think Fassel Vega um, is living off the reputation from his bumper form now. He obviously hasn't done anything wrong since going uh, over hurdles, but I'm yet to be convinced by him. Um, I just think his form doesn't amount up to match, and there's some other horses in here that i think have just been as good and could be open to more improvement the one horse that i really like is dark raven um in the colors of simon near and isaac suede really interesting horse i think this one is yet to be defeated he won last time out at this track the form looks good the horsey beat that finishing second won at down royal the other week so plenty to like about him he is 10 to 1 which i think indicates maybe they're not going to run here but if he was i think he could be an interesting uh thorn in the side to stable mate facile vega so i'm going to go with dark raven if he turns up, and Katie is going to go for in the pocket. Um, Before we move on to our any other business section, Katie, is there any other horses on Sunday that you wanted to mention?
1: There's an interesting early entry in the 240 handicap chase. That's a competitive field. A lot of horses that I often follow, and back in there. But the one that caught my eye was Top Phil Ben, the boy with the giant ears for Philip Kirby. It'd be really interesting to see if he... Is declared tomorrow twenty-five to one. I'm not sure how he'd get on in this field, but uh definitely be uh keeping an eye on him if he does
0: go there. Okay, one then for the handicaps uh from Katie. I'm going to the bumper again for a horse to keep an eye on. Uh really interesting horse again for Willie Man saying that a lot on this podcast, but a mare called Fun Fun Fun. She's nine to one. She won an ordinary looking uh bumper. Uh, back in the autumn at Sligo and subsequently was then purchased uh, by Simon Muneo and Isaac Swade, Very uh, uh, big racing owners, actually funnily enough bred by Patrick Mullins as I'm reading the breeder here on the screen from the family of York Hill which connections know really well. I just think this horse could be, uh, could be overpriced there, and has maybe gone under the radar. And uh, for me, I think she could be an interesting player, and is one maybe I'll have an each way saver on on the day. So that's our thoughts then on day two of the Dublin Racing Festival. Before we sign off this, uh, uh on this episode of the podcast, let's go and uh, round up our other fancies. Now, Casey, I know there was a couple here at Sandown you wanted to mention. Uh, who's made your short list there?
1: Yes, I like one at Sandown in the 330 class two handicap chase. Move the chains twenty five to one for Gary Moore. He recorded a four timer before running a respectable fifth in the Welsh Grand National on his first run of the season. May have benefited from having a prep run, but Still ran well enough and has been dropped a pound for it. I think the slight drop back in trip here could suit him and he may still be on that trajectory. But there's plenty of each way value and the 25 to 1 price about him. He's definitely one to watch.
0: OK, move the chains there from Katie, who runs at Sandown on Saturday. I like two on the card there as well. The first one of them runs in the 255, a horse of Ian Williams called Party Business in the Potomps. Network qualifier. I think he'll have to finish in the uh, first four here to qualify for the race at the festival. I think this is probably a target for him. I think connections would be quite keen on their chances if they got him qualified. He's very progressive last season. He ran in some really decent hurdle races, including a uh, grade one company. He then uh, ran at the festival last season, finishing fifth in the Martin Pike behind Banbridge. We've seen that form work out quite well. He uh, then landed a little bit of a gamble when he was sent off a warm favourite at uh, at Aintree next time out. He was raised uh, £9 for that win. He's running off the market of 140 on his seasonal reappearance. He's currently available at 14 to 1. Like I say, he will have to run well to get qualified for this race and he's got festival form. He's still only a seven year old, could still be on an upward curve. We've seen Ian Williams time and time again over the years pull these uh kind of uh races off with this type of horse and um, for me i think he's really interesting and is very overpriced and if he's ready to go on the day um i, I will definitely be having an each way saver on him but the horse that i'm most looking forward to seeing uh, on this entire weekend runs in the bumper at Sandown. a horse that could be potentially the next big thing, uh horse trained by Paul Nichols, and that is wrapped up in May. Um, this horse might have gone under the radar New Year's Day. He absolutely bolted up in uh bumper at Exeter. Now, I'm not sure he beat much. He achieved an RPR of 122, but he couldn't have done anything uh more on that day he absolutely hosed up go back and watch the replay he never looked to be out of first gear um he won his point to point by a country mile he's a horse that could be could be made for 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 grade ones in the future i'm really excited by him not sure if he's going to go to the champion bumper i think obviously you have to see how he gets on here but uh, yeah he could be uh he could be the star in the card uh, on Sandown on saturday afternoon a horse that i will definitely be uh keeping an eye on so that's the uh, thoughts sent on Sandown, katie uh again before we sign off is there anything else you want to talk about
1: yes there's one in the edinburgh national at muscle brother i really like the wolf he is a horse that i've put up a few times on here I think he has a better chance at the weights in comparison with Captain Catistock this time around. He's also a pound blower for his disappointing run at Cheltenham. But he does wear first time blinkers, which I think could bring out plenty of improvement for him and help him concentrate a bit more. I believe there's a big win in him. He's back off his last winning mark of one three five. So hopefully he'll run well. He's definitely one that I'm sticking with with, and he's around ten to one, which I think is a, a decent price.
0: Yeah, I can see your case for the Wolf there. Olly Murphy's team had a little bit of a quiet year by their standards, but the last week or so they've really been finding their feet and, uh, yeah, they've been amongst the winners. So the Wolf there. Is a nice uh, juicy price if you fancy him to run well like Katie does in the Edinburgh National at Musselburgh this weekend. So that's it then. This uh, on this episode of the In Saddle Podcast. Thanks again for Katie's giving up her time. Hopefully we've pointed you uh, in the right direction of some winners. Remember for us on all the major podcast platforms we're available on Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud. We're available on the socials as well where we're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon.